everyone, and welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, a podcast where our goal is to read the entire Bible in a year, seeking to understand God's plan of redemption while discovering daily and practically your part in it. Hey everybody, welcome back. Today we are looking at Psalm 5, Psalm 38, and Psalms 41 and 42. So we're only covering four Psalms today. Go check them out for yourself. They do all seem to have a common theme today. Yeah, so if we're thinking back to the stories that we've been looking over with David and his very dysfunctional family and children and all the craziness that followed, I don't know, the last several episodes that we've been recording. Poor guy. Yeah. These, yeah, I guess that too. Anyway, these Psalms uh, were very interesting because... They were all lament psalms. So these are all just like these cries out to God, whether it be um, to deliver him from some kind of persecution from someone else, uh, whether it be like asking for blessings, um, or even when we were reading 41, um, like for God to remember him when he is um, like helping out someone else. Um, So we just, we see these lament psalms, and it's really interesting because of the context that we have been seeing David in recently. Like, it is no surprise to me that he's just calling out for help often. I'm reading over, so all of these, all of these psalms occur in the first book of Psalms. We haven't talked about this really at all, but... Yeah, I was kind of confused by that earlier. Psalms is written in five different books. So these are actual song books that the people of Israel would have used in worship, in procession, like in all kinds of situations. And it it was divided into five different books. It's like an old school hymnal. Sort of, yeah. Um, and so today, Psalm 42... Uh, which is the psalm that got my attention, or sorry, I'm sorry, Psalm 41, which is the one that got most of my attention. Uh, It is the final psalm in book one. What's interesting about the final psalms in these books is that they often end with a double amen. Mm -hmm. So you can see uh, verse 13, blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, amen and amen. Uh, That is how the first three psalm books end. Amen and amen. In case anybody was confused. (laughs) There you go. So if you hit a double amen, you're at the end of one of the books. Um, The final two end with like a a high praise of God, basically. Uh, But these are divided into sections. We don't see that anymore, but this is how they would have experienced them in the original audience. Um, Another interesting thing to me is that Psalm 1 promises blessing to the person who obeys the law of the Lord. So, um, blesses the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord in it. Does he meditate day and night? Mm-hmm. I think that's what it says. Uh, he shall be like a tree planted by streams of water. So like God blesses people who obey the law and Psalm 41 basically guarantees uh, blessing again on people who are in trouble and call on the name of the Lord because he'll protect them and care for them. So one thing that I'm noticing across all four of these Psalms is there is, and I feel like we've talked about this before in the Psalms, there is a very clear understanding of righteousness and wickedness. And there's also a very clear understanding of when you commit wickedness, when you sin, you have to repent before the Lord and basically beg for God's forgiveness and trust that he will give it, but you need to beg for it. And so it, it's sort of interesting, and I know we've we've talked about this in the past, but the way these psalms are written, there's a very clear understanding that when you are sinning before God, you are far from God, and you need his 
uh, grace and his forgiveness to be brought back into right relationship with God. It's interesting how these are psalms of lament, and these do seem to correlate with what's going on in David's life at the end of 2 Samuel. And all of the events at the end of 2 Samuel are tied directly to his sin. And so it's it's not odd that these laments are coming out of uh, sinful decisions in David's life. And so these these songs that have been written reflect um, kind of the, the consequences of sin and the need for forgiveness and righteousness before God. Mm-hmm. I guess my interesting, like, or something that's interesting to me and like causes me to really think is like Psalm 41 is specifically talking about when you are giving of what you have or of yourself to the poor and yet you are still in like significant suffering. Like God is going to bless you for that. Yeah. Right? Like on your sick bed is, is what it says. Right. What's interesting to me is like that seems very works-based. And to me, I feel like it is a really hard like pendulum kind of feeling that I get where it's like, well, works are really good. But then it's like, well, wait, no, like the only thing that actually matters is just faith. So I go back and forth and it's probably like a both thing. But for me, it is like, it's hard to separate, like, well, this is saying that God's going to bless you if you help the poor. But then we, like, I remember in college, we had this, like, assignment where it was, like, (laughs) very much works over, um, works over faith or faith over works. Like, what's more important? And I feel like this one is kind of, like, making me wrestle with that thought. We have stumbled into a pretty significant faith conversation. Um, Sorry. This this (laughs) is... Is justification by faith alone, or do works have to be part of it? Uh, James has a lot to say about that. Paul has a lot to say about that. Martin Luther has a lot to say about that. Um, Obviously, I think we believe that uh, righteousness comes through faith alone, and that's established in Genesis. Mm -hmm. Abraham was credited as righteous before God because he believed God, not because of what he did for God. But because he believed God, he did things for God. And so there's a there's a quote that I'm probably going to butcher, but it is basically like God is not opposed to works. He's opposed to earning. So Hmm. God's not against you doing good things. He's against you thinking that those good things give you righteousness. You do those Mm -hmm. good things because you've received righteousness. Mm -hmm. Well, it's actually like a good way to put it, I think. So then in chapter 41, uh, where it talks about the person who considers the poor. Our footnotes say something interesting that the poor is usually referring to specifically the poor of Israel in the Old Testament. Um, so again, what's even more interesting to me and something that I've been thinking about, and it, it makes me feel like kind of selfish, I think. So correct me if I'm wrong and maybe I'm just like totally off. But a lot of what I feel like I've been learning and reading is like, it's like edifying the church or edifying the people over, and you can cut this out if this is wrong, over like people outside of like God, there, Christ followers. There's definitely a significant concern for God's household. There's definitely First and foremost. There's definitely a significant concern for God's family. Um, this, this Psalm 41 verse 1 uh, if you dig into it, you can look at different commentaries. Th- this is interpreted several different ways. So one is for face value, poor means poor. 
So, like, blessed is the one who takes care of the poor. Does that mean within Israel? Most likely, because this is a royal psalm for Israelites that were very isolated as a community. They were sojourners, and they were commanded to be gracious to sojourners. Um, but the understanding would have been for the poor. When the, when the early church was taking offerings for the poor, it was oftentimes for poor people in other churches in other countries. And so you do have... Assuming that they were, like, following God. Yeah, correct. So, like, when, when Ananias and Sapphira, they're in Acts, they sell a field and they lie about the proceeds of that field to the apostles mm -hmm. and God, you know, judges them on the spot. It's a case for judgment outside of the Old Testament. Um, they were giving that money to the church to be used to benefit the poor people of the church. Uh, there's a there's a case in Acts 6 and 7 where the, the widows, the Greek widows and the Hebrew widows, they have a disagreement because the Greek widows are not being fed the right amount. And you get this picture in the early church that somebody is giving proceeds and money to this food program that is for widowed believers in the church. And so there is a significant call to care for believers. There's a significant call to edifying the body and building up the church and equipping the saints. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't help other people, though. Right. And that's... But I, it's interesting to me that that has been something that I feel like I've been hearing a lot, but then also it, it like straight up says it in this, mm -hmm. in the footnotes here. That is, that's one interpretation, but it is an interpretation that makes a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. um, another interpretation is actually when it says poor, it actually means like people who are struggling in their faith or are far from God. Hmm. So there, there's multiple directions you can take this. It's all rooted in the original languages and stuff. Uh, but the idea is when you care for people who have a need, I'm taking like a super broad-based approach here. When you care for people who have a need, God cares for you when you have a need. So there is another thing in here worth uh, paying attention to a little bit. And it, it's basically in Psalm 41, it talks about when you are caring for people who are, are poor. And we've just talked a little bit about what that means specifically. Um I think it's worth calling out verse three, the Lord sustains him on his sickbed in his illness. You restore him to full health um, in the old Testament and actually continuing into the new Testament. A lot of people's ideas were that sins led to sickness. And so sometimes you get this idea of God healing sickness. And that means that God does heal sickness, but it also means that God forgives sin to those original audiences. So these two things are tied together. And this is a lament um, that is calling out for help from God. And it's basically saying like, God will forgive your sins and he will heal you. You can't ignore the fact that verse three says the Lord sustains him on his sickbed and in his illness, you restore him to full health. So when we deal with being sick, when we deal with needing healing, the Lord does do that when the Lord chooses to do that. And oftentimes it is connected to how you've been living your life before God. I know that, I know that God heals all kinds of people. This psalm is talking specifically about healing comes to those who are obedient to the Lord. And that is healing for sin and it is, I believe, physical healing as well. So that is available to us today. Um, and actually, the, the, the best way to be certain of that possibility is to live a life of righteousness before God. Mm -hmm. So I guess uh, your part for today focusing specifically again on chapter 41. Uh, if we look at chapter 41, verse 12, it says, but you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. 
our Bible has a footnote that talks specifically about this that just says because of the faith of this person, um, that person can be confident that God will continue to honor his integrity specifically because of his kindness to the poor. So we were just talking how this, what seems to be um, like works or good works ultimately has to be intertwined with faith uh, because God will acknowledge your works through faith, um, especially in those times of like hardship. Um, so I, I would even encourage us all today, uh, look for those opportunities where you can incorporate good works um, through faith, even when it seems like it's a difficult, challenging, or maybe not the most comfortable or easy situation to do so. Um, people with needs are literally everywhere you look. Um, and a simple like act of of kindness and goodness towards someone else through faith, knowing that that's what the Lord requires of us, um, is definitely a reflection of who he is and what he requires of us. So I would encourage you to look for those opportunities today because they are literally everywhere. So we'll see you back tomorrow when we are back into the story of David. Thanks so much for listening to our take today. Before we get into the reading, if we could just ask you one thing, uh, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you could subscribe to us and then leave a rating and review, we'd love to hear from you. And every rating we get helps us reach more people. Ultimately, we're just trying to reach people with the truth of God's word and your review will help us do that. So thanks so much for being invested in the podcast. Here's the reading for today. Psalm 5. Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my groaning. Give attention to the sound of my cry, my King and my God, for to you do I pray. O Lord, in the morning you hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you and watch. For you are not a God who delights in wickedness. Evil may not dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. You destroy those who speak lies. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But I, through the abundance of your steadfast love, will enter your house. I will bow down toward your holy temple in fear of you. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before me, for there is no truth in their mouth. Their inmost self is destruction. Their throat is an open grave. They flatter with their tongue. Make them bear their guilt, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Because of the abundance of their transgressions, cast them out, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy, and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exalt in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor, as with a shield. Psalm chapter 38 O Lord, rebuke me not in your anger, nor discipline me in your wrath. For your arrows have sunk into me, and your hand has come down on me. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have gone over my head like a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and fester because of my foolishness. I am utterly bowed down and prostrate. All day long I go about my mourning. For my sides are filled with burning, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and crushed. I groan because of the tumult of my heart. O Lord, all my longing is before you. My sighing is not hidden from you. 
My heart throbs, my strength fails me, and the light of my eyes, it is also gone from me. My friends and companions stand aloof from my plague, and my nearest kin stand far off. Those who seek my life lay their snares. Those who seek my hurt speak of ruin and meditate treachery all day long. But I am like a deaf man. I do not hear, like a mute man who does not open his mouth. I have become like a man who does not hear and in whose mouth are no rebukes. But for you, O Lord, I do wait. It is you, O Lord, who will answer. For I said, only let them rejoice over me, who boast against me when my foot slips. For I am ready to fall, and my pain is ever before me. I confess my iniquity. I am sorry for my sin. But my foes are vigorous, they are mighty, and many are those who hate me wrongfully. Those who render me evil for good accuse me because I follow after good. Do not forsake me, O Lord. O my God, not be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Psalm 41 Blessed is the one who considers the poor. In the day of trouble, the Lord delivers him. The Lord protects him and keeps him alive. He is called blessed in the land. You do not give him up to the will of his enemies. The Lord sustains him on his sickbed. In his illness, you restore him to full health. As for me, I said, O Lord, be gracious to me. Heal me, for I have sinned against you. My enemies say of me in malice, When will he die and his name perish? And when one comes to see me, he utters empty words. While his heart gathers iniquity, when he goes out, he tells it abroad. All who hate me whisper together about me. They imagine the worst for me. They say a deadly thing is poured out on him. He will not rise again from where he lies. Even my close friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted his heel against me. But you, O Lord, be gracious to me, and raise me up, that I may repay them. But this I know, that you delight in me. My enemy will not shout and triumph over me. But you have upheld me because of my integrity and set me in your presence forever. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Amen and amen. Psalm 42 As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God, with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore I remember you from the land of Jordan and Hermon, from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep, at the roar of your waterfalls. All the breakers and your waves have gone over me. By the day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me. A prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go on mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me. While they say to me all day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Thanks so much for listening to God's Plan, Your Part. 
If anything stuck out to you, if you have any questions, or if you'd like to receive a Bible, you can email us at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider supporting us through the link in our description. We love that you're on this journey with us, and we hope you have a great day. See you tomorrow.